you know, I believe we all have value. We all have purpose. Sometimes it takes a long time to find that purpose. Some people find it in their 20s. Um, there's some very famous people who haven't found it until their 50s, 60s, 70s. But keep digging, keep going. You know, we, we have one life here, mm-hmm. and we can make a difference. When we think about ourselves, yes, but think about others too. What can we do to help our fellow man? And keep driving on. Alrighty, guys. Welcome back to Adventure Street Radio. Today, I'm super, super pumped about the show we have for you. So this show is with a man named Kevin Briggs. So Kevin was a highway patrol officer in California, and his job was to patrol the south end, I believe, of the Golden Gate Bridge. And basically what he would do um, in the day is, for the most part, he would stop people from committing suicide, basically. He would talk people in off the ledge and he would communicate with them he would try and make them um, see through the folly in uh, in taking their own life sometimes he would succeed sometimes he would fail unfortunately um, I stumbled across Kevin when I was watching TED Talks I went through a period of time there for a couple of years where every spare second I would have I would be just taking in um, taking in TED Talks and there was two TED Talks that stood out to me forever and they were one with Bill Stone about moving to the moon and mining the moon and also finding um, Earth on Europa, um, Jupiter's moon Europa. And we actually had the pleasure of interviewing Bill in around episode 40 or so, very early back in the day. And the other guy that I always wanted to interview was um, Kevin Briggs. And Kevin was uh, kind enough to let us into his home in San Francisco and um, we had an awesome chat. He's a... F- bloody great guy heaps of banter it was just it was just awesome so um i had a great time with kevin you guys are going to absolutely love this show however before you get into the show we have some exciting news so we are partnering with a new sponsor on the show and a new partner of adventure going forward and that is true protein or now uh known as true so the guys that are at true two brothers james and ben kirith they were um sick of expensive and terrible tasting proteins so they went out and they created their own protein so to talk about uh, uh true protein in very simple terms i have a house cleaner his name is anu Anu, for some reason, thinks that I'm just a gym junkie and a fitness freak or whatever. Although I train, I don't know what he thinks of me, but he came in and he said, Bill, I need to ask you something. I've got a favor I need to ask you. I'm like, yeah, shoot, Anu, what is it, brother? He said, I need the best protein. Who do I go to? I need a protein recommendation. This is about a month ago before we started communicating with True Protein, or maybe like two months ago, before we started communicating with True Protein, before we even thought to partner up, he asked me where I should go for protein, and I said go to True Protein. They're the best protein in Australia. That's who I would go to. That is no word of a lie. That is what I said to my man, Anu. And Anu now uses True Protein and absolutely loves it. Myself and Tommy also use True Protein. Um, They've got an epic range. They've got 14 whey protein flavors. So every flavor you could ever want under the sun. Um, You've got... um, Oh, shit. What flavors do they have? Um, Apple and raspberry, uh, chalk, honeycomb, fudge, um, kale and sesame seed. No, just joking. They don't really have those flavors, but they do have 14 flavors, everything you can possibly ask for. All the ingredients with True Protein are pure, simple, natural, just to help you get the best results with no bullshit, you know, no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, sweeteners, all that stuff that gives you unwanted side effects to your training. So all the good stuff, 
all the absolute best stuff. They're uh, a couple of young guys who have done really, really well. They've got amazing athletes that have backed them in. Um, they're just doing great things, guys. So, um, oh, lastly, they also have um, stuff for all you vegans and vegetarians out there, okay? So all this, um, all you people that are making sure that you're taking care of the animals on the planet. I, unfortunately, am not a vegan or uh, vegetarian, although I don't know why I said unfortunately. I'm just, I'm not. But good on you guys that are. They have you covered as well. They've got a vast range of vegetarian and vegan-friendly products. So I have two calls to action for you guys with our new sponsor, True Protein. Check out www.trueprotein.com.au. www.trueprotein.com.au. I wasn't sure if there was an AU there. Um, And use the code ADVF. You'll get 10% off any and all of their products. So the code is ADVF. Get out there and check it out. That's my call to action. So all you guys that want supplements, want protein, so on and so forth, check out trueprotein.com.au. Use the code ADVF for 10% off. And the big call to action also, to, to celebrate our partnership, True and Adventure Fit have decided we're giving away two tickets on one of our holidays. This is the most ridiculous thing that you could ever imagine. So two tickets to either Mexico, Iceland or Hawaii over the next two years. So we're going to run Hawaii, Mexico, 2018 uh, and Iceland, 2018, 2019. You get to choose your um, trip. You also get all your flights paid for. So you pay for nothing. It's a huge, huge giveaway. So to enter that giveaway, what you need to do, the best thing and the easiest thing, there's a number of different ways you can opt in, but the best way is to go to Adventure Fit Travel on Facebook and look on our page at the very top. There's a pinned post which shows you the details of how to enter. All right, that's the easiest way for you to do it. So ADVF for 10% off anything and any and all true pro- True Protein Products and check out Adventure Fit Travel's Facebook page. Enter the comp there. The comp will be drawn in June so there's actually uh, a little bit of time but get in and, uh, and you, will, uh, you will have your chance to win two Adventure Fit Travel holidays which is just unfathomable. Also, guys, we are brought to you by Adventure Fit Travel. So, Adventure Fit Travel, guys, it's my baby. It's my company. It's an adventure travel company for the fitness community. We basically believe there's not enough happiness in the world and we're trying to change that through travel, exercise, mindfulness, and conversation. That's how I think life should be lived. I think you should travel. You should make new friends, see new places, have new experiences. You should also exercise, look after your body, look after your fitness, get strong, get ripped, get fit, whatever. Look after your mind, whether you like yoga, whether you meditate whether you meditate every day, write your gratitude journals, go and see your friends. I'm really big on trying to be the happiest person that you can be. And then conversation. We have very deep uh, interesting conversations through Adventure Fit Radio, our podcast, and on our trips, I just always think that it, the more you're reading, the more you're talking about the big issues and things that are out there, the, the better of a, a well-rounded person you're going to be, and that's what our trips encompass. We have Bali and Greece coming up in June, guys. They're going to be absolutely epic. Vietnam is pretty much sold out. We may run, an, run a second one. I think we've sold out on Vietnam. Uh, last I checked, Iceland is pumping. South Africa is about to drop. Head to adventurefittravel.com and use the code um, radio for 10% off there as well. Here's the show. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Rule number one, no touching of the hair or face. And that's it. Yo. Right here, go for deploy. We're in 
We are uh, we are live. We are live in the US. Yeah, yeah. it's good to be back. Here eh? we are. Here we are. We're we've never been with, here before. Sitting here with uh, <laughs> sitting here with Kevin Briggs. Um, we've put the pressure on Kevin. We've let him know he's the first guest of the tour, so um, he's under the pump. He's before doing well. we throw, it, throw to him and welcome him, uh, welcome him in, we are going to welcome him in. Um, the original way. Yeah, yeah, the original way. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God that we're now on video now, mate, with that one. Do <laughs> Doing mean? a little guitar, little sesh. Yeah, yeah. No one saw that. <laughs> yeah, true. All right, All here right. we are, Tommy's Tribute. Okay, Kev, welcome aboard, my friend. Now, you said uh, before that you're a country man. Do you know Steve Earle, Copperhead Road? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yes. Well, this isn't a cover of that one. No, it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is actually not... Uh... No, here we go. We're going to go Copperhead Road. All right. Tom and this is my friend Bill We've been pumped for this part Cause you're a man of strong will Your job on the bridge While a life you've had Depression is rough And it makes me sad Now I'm interested to know what's inside your mind Cause my friend, those listening skills are one of a kind We've all need to learn how to friend a friend in need Mr. Kevin Briggs, help us plant the seed There we go, mate That was awesome, that was awesome (laughs) Nice and sentimental Very good, very good, nice one, Tommy Thanks, mate Um, Kevin that's the, uh, that's the official welcome. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and, uh, and yeah, who you are. Wow, that was fantastic. That yeah, was, yeah. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, okay. there you go. Went right in there. <laughs> Bam. That's a hard act to follow now. <laughs> well, just tell us, tell us who you are and sing, sing, us, sing us a song yeah, if you sing. like this. My name is Kevin Briggs and, <laughs> and this is my job. goes downhill now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, my name is Kevin Briggs and you know, I, I spent a lot of time with the Highway Patrol and that's kind of where this... this um, little bit of fame or whatever you want to call it notoriety came to be from and it's from working on the golden gate bridge with folks who who are suffering greatly and i worked on that bridge about 17 years out of my 23 or so with the highway patrol saw folks um roughly four to six a month who came there to jump off of that bridge because they they lost all hope and they couldn't find a way out so uh I took some classes in negotiations and actually was able to go through the FBI, Federal Bureau of Investigation, their crisis negotiator course, which was simply wonderful. And that really helped me to become better at this negotiations. Because when I first started working on this bridge, I had no training, none whatsoever. And it was, it was very scary for me. Mm. I'm thinking, wow, this is somebody's life. At mm. first, I was in kind of cop mode. What are you doing over the rail? I mean, you're trespassing, you know? Mm. Yeah, yeah. But you, you realize very quick, this is uh, very, very serious, people's lives. Mm. And nowadays, people are looking at cops like we don't have any empathy. In the States, there's, there's a lot of issues going on. But in reality, it's, it's simply not true whatsoever. If they, if they would look down deep into us, we have a job to do. Mm-hmm. But our job is really to protect life, to protect those folks. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do whatever we can, of course, within the law and, and all of that. 
to, to help those folks. So I wanted to become better at this. They're, those folks are suffering. Most mm. of them uh, suffer from a mental illness, mainly depression. If they were on a medication for a mental illness, they've stopped it generally. And they feel like they're a burden to their families. Those three things I saw all the time. So you know, I would talk to them, sometimes be just uh, 15 minutes or so. The longest one I had was about eight hours. <laughs> Long time. Well, wow. All into the night and very foggy, wet night. Really, really tough. Drains you. Oh, yeah. All you think is if I'm if I'm suffering, imagine what they're going oh. through. Mm. Twice as bad for them. I feel drained after 45 minutes on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'd be right for the job. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. You know, it was, uh, you learn a lot about people. You learn a lot about yourself. Um, I found it fascinating. I wish we didn't have to do it. Mm. There is this barrier that's that's going to be built on the bridge, on both sides, that, in my opinion, should pretty much stop the suicide attempts on that bridge. Mm. Will those folks go somewhere else? You know, that's that's everybody has an opinion. For sure. But I think a lot of suicide is probably a very um, spur-of-the-moment thought, and people's first thought, if they're in San Francisco, is probably, I'm just going to go jump off the bridge. If you take that away... It you know, definitely it's makes not, it harder. Yeah. yeah. It's or not, at least gives them time for a second thought, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Or, and then it might be, become too hard. Mm. You know what I mean? I mean, there's, there's easy and difficult ways to kill yourself. I think, mm. I think it, it'll be a positive for definitely. sure. I think it would save lives in the long I run. I think so. I, I think um, without a doubt. Mm. That's, um, that's a fascinating... Um, just, it's a fascinating life, Kevin. So how this all came about, why we wanted you on the show was... Um, I used to be obsessed with TED Talks. I used to just come home and just watch 20 TED Talks and then go to bed in my, in my afternoon and evening. wasn't watching movies, just TED Talks, TED Talks, TED Talks. There was two TED Talks that got me and had me absolutely captivated and fascinated just like no other. And uh, that was Bill Stone. Um, Bill Stone talked about um, building, uh, mining, mining the moon and uh, he wanted to also get to Europa, the moon of Jupiter, is it? Mm-hmm. Um, and look for, uh, look Saturn. for Saturn, Saturn's moon and look for life on that planet. He, was, he wanted to be the one to... Maybe he's um, Jupiter. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> to, to create the, um, the programs to do this and stuff. It was so fascinating, his passion, so on and so forth. And yours was the other one. Your, your, um, your, your talk, um, yeah, really grabbed me. Um, yeah, for a number of reasons. I've got a lot of mental health issues in my, in my family. I remember in the talk that you mentioned that you do as well. My grandfather mm. took his own life. His father before him took his own life. I've got um, living members of my family who are a little bit crazy, which I won't mention which ones they are. They probably know if they're listening. Um, <laughs> Lisa S. So, yeah. so, so um, yeah, so it's but just thanks I, a lot yeah. for, for actually allowing us to talk to you. Um, mm. Yeah, like, do you think, um, like, what's the... What's the hardest thing with your with your role and, and your experience in in what you did? Like, what was every day? Was it every day that you would have to have these conversations, or like? No, um, it was about when it, when prior to this tragedy of nine eleven that that we all know mm-hmm. with the twin towers coming down and all that. Um, there was just one officer working down on that bridge for for a couple of miles down and a couple of miles up the other way, north and south. And when I worked, we only worked eight and a half hour shifts back Mm -hmm. then. So it would just be me Mm. down there. That's it. And that's a lot of area to cover Mm -hmm. for one person. And I would handle four to six cases of these a month, whether that's someone over the rail Mm -hmm. or if that's someone in a parking lot, you know, um, writing a a suicide note or making a tape recording or we get them on the sidewalk. So that is more than one a week. (laughs) 
it's inside. It, you know, there turned out to be quite a few mm. at the end. Mm. And what was the hardest part for, um, like, when you were trying to communicate with these people, like, how how closed off were people to the idea of, you know, salvaging their, their life? How how hopeless was it? Like, how hopeless did you feel? I, I remember in your in your talk, you said that you got through to to quite a few. And what was what was that whole? What was the conversation like? Like, how were the how were you able to turn them in the right direction rather than you know where they are standing up there on the bridge? I think a lot of the times these folks just want to have somebody that they can talk to that will listen. Mm-hmm. They're so used to you know what you should have done. Uh, have you tried this mm. and this and that? Mm-hmm. Um, to have someone there listening to them and, and not judging them, just to be there for them and say, wow, man, that, that sounds really tough to validate them and normalize their situation. Yeah. You know what? You've been through so many different things. Man, I think anybody who's been through all that might be talking about suicide or contemplating suicide. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's a normal feeling for folks. You've been through a tremendous amount mm. to normalize what they're going through. Say, wow. So they can get it in their head like, okay, I'm not this abnormal individual yeah. way out there. Yeah. Because they feel that they're in a corner, backed in a corner, and nobody's going through what they've gone through. Yeah. So they feel their only alternative is death mm. to get rid of all that pain that they're in. What I think is um, really fascinating are the cases that, um, you know, you actually spend quite a while negotiating with them and then they still do it in the end because I feel that, um, you know, you, you read up about suicide and, you know, there's a, there's a forest in Japan and, you know, a, lo- a lot of the times people that don't do it straight away are contemplating and thinking a lot. Um, but I feel that, you know, if you, I mean, for someone that just goes there and just, you know, jumps straight away and does it, there's no, there's no saving them. But is it actually more of the case that, like you said, as soon as someone is there just about listen to, it's actually quite possible to help them off the bridge, you know, they just really need that, that, that shiny light. I think so also, in mm. my experience. Uh, most of these folks, they want to live. They mm. just don't know how to get yeah. out of that situation, mm-hmm. their current situation. And most of the time, they've been down you know, in the dump, so to speak, for a long time. Now, we do get the, like teenagers who maybe were bullied or abused <clears> or something that's, that hasn't been going on in a long time that they just think because they're so young, they can only see five, six, seven years in the future mm. that they can't see past it. So they think their life's done. They walk right up to the sidewalk and they're over. Well, so we don't get a chance to talk to those teenagers most of the time. Really? And so what just, is the demographic then? What's the, the standard sort of individual? It's getting younger and younger. Oh, but man. typically it, it was um, middle-aged white male. Yeah. Mm. Uh, i tell you why I think it's getting the most, younger, um, younger The most privileged, I, I as they would say. I'll tell you why it's, um, I think it would be getting younger and younger. And, and we talk about this, we talk about this a bunch of times but when it's, we talk about mental health on our podcast. It's probably, I think, social media. Absolutely. People, people have such a high expectations of where they have to be, how pretty they have to look. <clears throat> all these things that are the 15 minutes of fame that are all day every day um, in their face. I think it's so sad. I think social media should have a warning label. I think in 10 years' time, we'll have a mm-hmm. warning label. Cigarettes cause cancer, causes death. Social media causes anxiety and depression, causes death. I think that, you know, that, that it can be good yeah. or it can steer you down the wrong way. Mm, Somebody gets yeah. one picture of you in a compromising position yeah. and it's everywhere. And if you're a kid, you don't, know, you don't think you can recover from that. Yeah, of course. You're embarrassed and people are laughing at you. Yep. That's right. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I have a question with, um, with going back to the having someone to talk to thing. I think, um, I think I'm interested to hear your thoughts. These people, do you know, do you find much out about these people afterwards? Because like, 
I wonder if the people that come and they stand up on the bridge, they're the people that... Because me and Tommy talk about mental health in our podcast a lot because we've both had reasonable levels of anxiety that we've had to seek um, a, a psychologist to, to discuss with. You know, nothing too crazy, but we've been through a bit of stuff. But for me, to make a call and actually call a helpline to figure out how I'm actually going to go about talking to someone was the biggest thing in the world. Now mm. I talk to anyone about it, I couldn't care less. But that first step, mm. do you think that a lot of these people, do you find out afterwards, like a lot of these people, have they sp- spoken to any professional help? Because you're, I feel like you might be the first person that has actually had a word with them that's looked at it from a totally non-biased opinion or, or something that they don't know. You know, people people that you don't actually know anything, that I'm never going to see this person again or maybe I am or they don't know me from a bar of soap. Mm. I feel like people feel very comfortable about that um, That in itself. Do you find that that's the case or people have been to a psychologist or you're the first point of call for like them really telling their deepest, darkest thoughts? I've seen it both, of course, but I've also I've seen quite a number of people who have seen mental health professionals Mm. and they don't feel they've been diagnosed properly Mm -hmm. or that the medication that it's causing adverse effects to them Mm -hmm. and the doctor isn't listening to them and, and putting them on a different medication or they're just that they feel that they're not being listened to Mm. that the person is there writing everything down, the mental health professional, then just, here you go. Here's a, here's a prescription and you're out the door kind of thing. Isn't that fascinating? Like it, the, the, the very fact that in your experience, which is very, very, very legitimate, that listening and really, really validating each person individually is the number one thing that has helped these people. And yet the uh, pharmaceutical industry is a multi, multi-billion dollar industry that's, well, I don't know. I, like, I'm not going to put, you know, say that it's doing neither here nor there, but I just find that fascinating. I find that very fascinating. You know, do you have an opinion on on medication itself? I believe or? I take medication for right. that personally. But I believe if if it's diagnosed properly and you have the right doctor and you do need that medication, fine. Mm. Let's monitor it. Let's see how you feel. Um, and I I have seen a psychiatrist through Kaiser who I who I am with, mm-hmm. and she's wonderful. Mm-hmm. I commend Kevin. How you doing? What's going on? We sit down. I don't like barriers. Yeah. And she doesn't have her desk over here and then a, no. a desk or her chair here and a desk and then me. So tell me about your father. So exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, and, was a lovely man. And, and every, every answer is, so how do you feel about that? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but she asked me a lot of questions and listens in, intently. Mm. And then she asked me, you know, do you want to try a medication for this. Mm. She goes, if you feel it's not working or there's some effect dis- or um, adverse effects, you know, let me know. And, mm. and so mm. she's wonderful. Mm. So I want to, I want to, cause I really, I, both Bill and I have so many, so many questions for you, but um, I want to get back to your story a little bit. So you, you start patrolling the bridge. You, you find out that this is a pretty severe issue. How do you react? Like what's the first thing you do? Um, you said that you took some classes and things, but um, yeah, what, what, what happens next? So this is what I, a lot of it is what I learned. I think a lot of it is intuitive of what I thought would work. So I've combined all of that. Mm-hmm. And, and then I feel, wow, what if it was me over that rail? Who would I want to come up? What would I want? And first thing I tell when I, I teach a lot of negotiator courses now traveling around and I tell folks, you got to leave that ego at home. It's, it's not going to work. It's mm-hmm. going to foul things up. You will lose people. 
with this, you know, with our ego. Mm -hmm. So if I'm up talking to someone, if it's Kevin Briggs talking to someone and I can't make that connection, we need to get somebody else in. You need to know when to step back and get out and let somebody mm -hmm. else take it. So that's a, that's a really big one there. Mm -hmm. But building that rapport, I walk up and someone will just say they're over that rail and I just hold an open palm and get their attention so I don't come up and scare them mm -hmm. and say, hi, I'm Kevin or I'm Kevin with the highway patrol. Is it all right if I come up and talk with you for a while? Mm -hmm. Ask their permission. Mm. I think that really sets a good tone for this. Mm. And sometimes they'll say, no, absolutely not. Stay back one step further and I'm jumping. Yep. No problem. I'll stay right here until you're comfortable. I'm here for you today. You alone. Yeah. I think wow. it's very, um, very similar to um, sales in a, in, a, in a way, like negotiating. That's, that's what a sales call is, you know. Um, it's permission-based selling, they call it. You know, you have to ask permission to, to go that next step, to ask that question, to pitch or whatever, you know. Is it, and is it about trying to, because... It's interesting that you're pitching life. It is. In yeah, that yeah. regard. But you're you're yeah, right. right. It is. And it sounds horrible, sales. No, of course. But you really are. But it yeah. is. It's a negotiation. The sales yeah. is their life. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it, like, it's, it's very interesting. And it's also very uh, sad, personally alluring, you know, to me that, you're, you're having to pitch to individuals the value of life, you know? I mean, mm. it's, what does that say, you know? Mm. Yeah, it's just very sad. I mm. mean, that's when my grandfather killed himself, I wasn't sad that he killed himself. Well, I was, but I was more sad. He was 70 years old. Like, he'd had a good life, you know? Mm. He'd, he'd done everything that he'd wanted to do to a degree, you know? Um, I wonder if he, he'd had a good life. Oh, you know, he had, a, you know he had I mean? a great life. Yeah, like, he had a great life. Exterior, my, externally speaking. No, no, I, I think he had a great life. Mm. He... He was medicated from 33 years old when he had a, um, a, a breakdown, they called it, until he was 66 or something, and they changed mm. his medication. And the, the medication... No, you would never know that he had depression. Yeah, yeah. Heavily, heavily medicated for depression. You would never know. He was the, the, the big, loud, bo boisterous man in the room. Everyone loved, very aff affable, very nice guy, very, very charisma, confidence. Mm. Great, great guy. And then when he was about 66, they changed his medication and the medication didn't agree with him. They, it got discontinued, so they had to change a little bit of the chemistry behind it. And then he basically went from this amazing person that you would never know to a textbook depression yeah. case. You know, somebody yeah, that no. you know, can't look you in the eyes, can't, you can't get a word out of them. It's really sad for my cousins because they didn't know the good version of my grandfather mm. that I knew. So they're, I'm the oldest cousin. But uh, my, my point that I was going to make was I was never that upset that he that he died because, you know, he'd, he'd lived a good life. I was more upset that he had to take his own yeah. life. You yeah, know, you think, he, yeah. You think, you think, how fucking bad must it be for you to actually get to that point? You know, and that's the right. thing, like, I, you know, I've had a little bit of anxiety. I could never put myself in that, those, I've never been anywhere. I, I just can't get my head around it. It's, it is so, it's one of the greatest sadnesses in, in all of life. You know, we only get one of them and then, for some reason, that whether it's cultural, whether it's biological, whether it's, you know, chem chemical imbalance, we get to this point where we want to take the one chance that we have at this, you know, awesome yeah. life and we want to throw it, throw it away. It's, it's really sad. But could you imagine for an instant being that way, being yeah. that way where, you know what, everything is dark. Mm. I'm in this pit that I can't get out of. Mm. Nobody's helped me. Nobody understands. Nobody listened. So the only way to get out of that pit it just succumb to it. Mm. And just go down. Mm. And stay there. That's mm. how these people feel. Mm. And you know, if if we felt like that, we could be in that same position. Mm. Yeah. So what's going through your mind not to um, you know, 
think of the ego or think of the the the, um, the monkey mind in your head. But when you're talking to someone like that, and you, um, I mean, what's going through your mind? Are you feeling anxious? You, oh yeah, yeah, I'm of nervous. course, of course, be, yeah, of course. And 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 also, I tell folks, you know, if you're not feeling anxious and and what you're saying, and don't have the sympathy then you should probably look for a different job in law enforcement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get, get you a drug dog and do that bit or yeah. commercials or, or just, um, yeah. something like that. But there's also the effect of being too empathetic. Oh my God, how could you do mm. He's not doing it to you, okay? Mm. These, these folks, I'm sure you know, they don't want to hurt anybody else. Yeah. They, they, you've heard the saying, you know, suicide is a very selfish act. I think that's a load of crap, mm. personally. Because they, they can't see a way out. Mm. Yeah. They think, a lot of them think they're doing their family good. They're not mm. going to have to watch after me anymore. Mm. Um, you know, many are homeless and they think, now nah, I'm a burden mm. to everyone. Now mm. I'm not going to be a burden. Yeah. So, but, but as far as what's going through my mind and, and negotiators' minds is, what can I do to help this person? What can we do to make this safe? Mm-hmm. So we're looking at things. Will they talk to us? What are they saying? Is there somebody I can contact possibly that might be able to talk to them? Once in a while, we use, we use these third-party intermediaries. But we got to be careful of that because they might say, you the know, hey, thing. can you – exactly. Yeah. Can you get my wife on the line? And really, that's the cause of this whole thing. And yeah. They say, you know, F you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we have to be careful of that. But we call them hooks. What can I talk to this person about to stretch that time out? The longer we can talk – the more rapport we can build. Yeah. And I think it makes it a lot more difficult for them to then jump. So mm. whether that's dogs, um, mm. pets, cars, oh, pets, TV mm. shows, Mate. movies, pets. Yeah, yeah. My little, I've got my, my little, um, my little dog's name, Ziggy. Mate. That'd you, get you. At that point in time, if I was up on the bridge and you mentioned Ziggy to me, so I'd like to think it was uh, me. Think of the, po- think of the podcast, mate. <laughs> mate, I'll write yeah. you a tribute. Anything. Let me sing your song. Yeah, let me just sing you something. Yeah. <laughs> Bill's the best and I love him a lot. <laughs> uh, uh, I know. That is so... That's funny, though, that you mentioned pets that's because... A point. It's the one thing that, like... Oh, my God. That you can never hold any resentment against nah. your pet. No. You know, nothing... There's nothing that you could probably just love... To the nth degree, mm. more than, than your pet. It's mm. so funny that you... Um, yeah. Funny you mentioned that. So... What are some of the other, like, negotiating... Yeah, keep, keep talking to, to us about these negotiations. Mm. So, we call tactics. them hooks. Yeah. Something that, that... And we try to see what we have in common. Mm-hmm. Commonalities create comfort. Yeah. That's what we want to do. And mind you, it's very difficult to build comfort out on a, on a bridge that's 220 feet up. Mm. Cold steel, yeah. wind blowing, traffic, and everything else. Yeah. Move but, your dickhead. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're in the So we, I try to get so deep into them that all I look at is their face. And a lot of times I'll, I'll look at them when you first come up because there's always officer safety, number one. Yeah. So, you know, do they have any scud missiles, anything, you know, yeah. what, what's on them? Yeah. But after that, I'm looking at their face. I want to see their emotions. I want them to look me right in the face whether it's good or bad ugly whatever otherwise mm-hmm. but you look I'm, right mate thank you <laughs> it took me a long time yeah. Yeah. a lot of makeup yeah what's in those donuts <laughs> power rings yes. sorry sorry <laughs> so what can we talk about that and we'll bring up all sorts of stuff I, um, if, they, if they say something the fact you don't know what it's like to have depression well unfortunately I do and, I'm, and we're not going to talk about medicine so much. I don't want to talk about that because mm-hmm. I don't know a lot about it, for one. Mm-hmm. But um, 
I want to talk about, you know, maybe symptoms. Wow, you know, that, that happened to me also. And this is some of the things that I did about that mm-hmm. and setting maybe short-term goals. That's what I did, found out, and then leading to longer-term goals and, and how I got about that. Well, how'd you get up in the day? And I felt horrible. Well, sometimes it takes me a lot of days. Sometimes it's 10 cups of coffee a day, whatever. Mm-hmm. So comparing things and really being there for that person, thinking that, that putting that conversation like right here, I'm on my couch and you're there too, mm-hmm. and we're just having this chat. Mm-hmm. What is it like? I have... Um you mentioned the point before, and it, it personally hit home with me of um, about how when they're in that moment, it's not a selfish thing at all because they just feel so low that they're doing everyone else a favor. And this was something that I, my my cousin um, has has had some pretty severe issues with um, with drugs and, and things, and he's um, attempted to take his own life as well before. Um, um, but he, I, it really changed just spending time with him and talking about it. We actually were able to find a lot of commonality through anxiety and talk about that. Um, but it really changed because I, I always thought it's such a, when you say, when you say suicide is such a selfish thing, you, you really think it's by definition, you're thinking about what that would be for you, you right. know? And it's like, if you take your own life, man, I'll be the worst. I'll fucking, I'll, you know, all this sort of thing. But if you don't take their perspective at all, you're only going to think like that. And having those chats with him, was um was really game changing but then my question is do you like what at what point in the negotiation phase if at all do you kind of reverse that and you know do you th- do you say like have you thought about your family the effect so. it may have on on yes. the people you love and especially if it's a parent with children because mm-hmm. we know for a fact you know if a parent or if if you lose a child you know the parent boom has a much greater chance. Or as a parent, um, my my oldest boy, who was now 17 a few years ago, was suicidal. And I can tell you, if he lost his life to suicide, the only thing keeping me around would be my other son, his, yeah. his younger brother. Mm-hmm. So I explain that to people. Um, if they know the amount of pain that they're going to cause is one thing, but we have to be very, very careful about that. Yeah. Because I'm not going to put that burden on them also. That's a whole nother burden yeah. that, that, Oh my God, now you're putting this on me yeah. too. That's one more another thing pressure, added. Yeah. So that's a tough one. So, yeah. I mean, when do you, when do you put, when do you suggest that? You know, yeah. you start talking about, you know, what in life is going your way or when was a time in your life when you were really happy? What was going on, man? Mm. Did you have a trip? Were you at Disneyland? What was happening? Mm. How did you feel? Was was your heart big? And mm. why don't you think you can go back to that? Yeah. And really want to start emphasizing some positive things. Not BS, but is there any percentage inside of you that wants to live? Let's talk about that. Mm. Mm. What what would be the changing factor? Yes. Mm. Is there are there some people that just have none of that? Like, there is. Yeah. And, and you're, you know, in your head, like, man, if I was this individual, I'd be there too. Mm. So it's just really, really tough. Mm. So we offer things like, wow, you know what? I'm here for you today. I'm here for you right now. There's going to be other people like me around that are going to help you. Mm. You're going to have dark times. You may have a lot of them, but you know what? You go down and you come back up and it's like this, mm. but you know what? You're here. You're going to experience joy. Definitely. And, it, and you will. 
Mm. You will have some dark times. We all do. Maybe yours are going to go even down farther, but you come back up. Mm. You come back up, and, and at least you'll have the opportunity to try these. Mm. Wow. Um, what do you think? So, Kevin, somebody who's spent so much of his life talking to people who are in these positions of helplessness and, and they feel like they've got nothing going for them, what do you think? What do you think are the cultural, um, the problems we have culturally that bring on these, you know, bouts of anxiety and depression and, and so on and so forth? Surely you you've have some thoughts on on um, mm. where we could do things better and where we put pressure on people. Like, what are your thoughts there? You know, I I tell folks when they're at that bridge on top of their or they're on top of a building or they put a gun to their head. This is like this stage four cancer. Mm-hmm. We need to get to them long before that, yeah. long before that. So in schools, I've had the opportunity to go speak at high schools and such. Mm-hmm. And it's really, really cool. I think just by doing that to let them know, because when I was in school, long time ago, dark ages, <laughs> dark <laughs> ages. Talked about this. it was taboo. Yeah. yeah. You know, we didn't even have a The printing press hadn't been there. No, nothing. <laughs> Most <laughs> wasn't around. Yeah. <laughs> so, what's getting Gary to use it again? It's called the elixir of life, my friend. <laughs> yeah. So, to be able to have someone come in and talk to folks, you know what? If you're feeling down and you've been feeling down for a number of weeks, mm-hmm. there's something up. It's okay to ask for help to come talk to somebody about it. Mm-hmm. And if you see somebody struggling, who's a lot of times these kids will go in the bathroom and just cry and cry and cry and cry. We need to help somebody. Tell someone about this. You're not a tattletale. This is somebody's life. Mm. We're not no secrets. Mm. Yeah. You know? I feel really fascinated about that sort of stuff. I think that crying in itself um, is is a very good response to actually going through the process and stages of grief. You know, you're actually feeling emotions. I've read a couple of things and a lot of people say that, you know, they get this sensation of numbness. Um, you know, you just, you just don't feel anything um, when you're going through these ruts. And um, I think that when you, I think we need to be better as a society, you know, it's all well and good for me to say this, but I, you know, you do believe that we should all possess some sort of ability that if you can identify, I guess, some sort of, little thing of grief or some sort of issue that we should have the ability to be like, Hey, you know, and genuinely express what, what's going on. Like, can we, can we have a chat or, or something? Just listen, you know, I think that people, again, that, um, whether they, you know, meant it or not have that personal or egotistical mindset of going, Oh shit. Like, what do I say? I don't know what to say. And you start getting anxious in yourself. But I think, um, just listening to your own empathy and going, I, you know, I, I can just listen and just let someone know. But then that makes me think, and this is what guy, I guess Doc was referring to before with our sort of the way we're moving as a culture. And there's, there's so much, there is so much of an ability for us to distract ourselves in this day and age that it's getting almost harder and harder without the, the understanding um, of it. It's getting harder and harder for us to actually experience grief because grief is shit. You know, it's really tough. You know, you go through all these emotions and all these things. And if we have an ability just to quickly take our phone out and get a little dopamine kick of notifications Mm. and things, we we never go through that. Um, I mean, is that some of the stuff that you say to these kids? And yes. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's a lot more science coming behind it. Um, I'll take my boy, my, my 14 year old, for instance, I go down to the house and where he's at, go into his room and he's, he's texting on his phone. 
He's watching a movie on his computer and he has the TV on mm. yeah. almost every time. I'm like, what are you doing? Man, this is yeah. talking yeah. about overload. Yeah. Yeah. Well, choose I mean, one. That's, choose one. He's going to watch three things. I mean, that's understandable. He's going to text and watch three things. <laughs> you wonder why. He's, he's got ten hands, yeah? He says, Dad, I'm not sleeping so well. I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. you got yeah. so much stuff going in and out yeah. that, that I never believed in meditation until mm -hmm. 10 years ago or so. Mm -hmm. I thought, what a crock of crap stuff. Yeah. But as I got older, I got a little wiser. I'm, and my maturity is probably a 14-year-old now or something. Yeah. But, I'm, but I'm getting better. I'm improving. Yeah. And so, you look like a 14-year-old. <laughs> thank you. I feel like 114. Yeah. <laughs> but I went and I tried. I did some research on Transcendental Meditation, TM. Mm. And they had a class down in Sausalito. Went to the class. And it took quite a while for this class. It was uh, over a couple of months or so. Um, and I learned a lot. I learned a lot about myself. And wow, it really has a calming, soothing effect. And you're happy when you mm. come out of that. Mm -hmm. It's very strange. I, I tell folks that as law enforcement, it's like when you go into a restaurant, you sit in the back so you can watch everybody coming in. You know, uh, we don't close our eyes around people. You just don't. Mm. I mean, and been doing it long enough to where you, it just, no, it just doesn't happen. Mm. Well, I'm in this class with eight other people who I have no clue about. I've never even seen creams. them in my life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, could be. Yeah. But we all do this meditation for a half hour or so, and my eyes are closed the entire time. The best meditations I have had is with those people who I have no clue who the hell they are. Yeah, me too. Group mm. meditations. Isn't that weird? Yeah, live. It's, if it's a power in there, what, yeah. whatever, the, whatever it is. The energy thing. Mm. Amazing stuff. Mm. But you have to open your mind and, and at least try it. If you go in with, nah, it ain't going to work and nothing's going to happen. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It's not going to work. Of course, mm. yeah. In, I mean, in referring to my own um, uh, experiences with it, I, there was definitely a point uh, that I had to become open to meditation before at first, you know? I mean, I went through the initial stages of feeling mine was more ocd based which caused the anxiety but um it was still like yada 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 meditation's bullshit you know why the fuck are we getting to this you know and then it was like wow it actually took me 10 months of trying to practice meditation before i um really got into it i never had that oh wow this no, is just already too. amazing took yeah. me took me 12 months to get through the 10 headspace yeah headspace the headspace app gives you um 10, 10 minute meditations and that's a challenge mm. do these 10 meditations and then you know get into a habit of meditating and that took me yeah 12 months yeah. to get through the 10 yeah and it was only when I was so stressed and couldn't couldn't work everything was crumbling down around me and I couldn't actually type on my laptop to start doing work because everything was too much mm. and I went I'm like I want to try this fucking meditation <laughs> yeah and I shaved my hair yeah <laughs> and then I, and I, I came out of it with a clear mind I was like oh my god what just happened there's something to this. So that was going to be one of my um, one of my next questions to you, Kevin. You kind of led into it anyway, was um, knowing what you know. And obviously, um, you said that you've had your own issues and, you know, medicated and so forth. Um, so what do you do and what do you think everybody should do to be happier? Talked about medication. Mm -hmm. I think mindfulness. I also took a class in mindfulness mm -hmm. and... And I can tell you how many times I've done this numerous times of mindfulness being in the moment. Yeah. How many times have you put your sunglasses on your head and after a little bit, you spend a half hour looking for them because you don't know where they're at. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. <God."> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I took a keto for, for a number of years because my boys are half Japanese. Yeah. And that's a Japanese martial art. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what my sensei would say. Be in the moment. Mm. If you're washing dishes, you're washing dishes. Mm -hmm. 
And if we could do that, I try to practice that. That way you remember where you put your keys. I put my keys here. Did you lock the front door? Every time I locked that front door, all right, I'm locking the front door. Mm. Yes, I did. I know I did because I'm, you're in that moment. Mm. I think that really helps. Mm. Yeah, for sure. 100%. I feel like um, I get the, I live right next to the beach and it's a great opportunity for me every morning to walk my dog along the beach. I either take him to the park. There's a park five minutes away, really, really lovely off-leash dog park or there's the beach as well. And it's a dog beach. So I have the really um, amazing ability in the morning to walk along the beach, listen to the ocean, so on and so forth. A lot of the time I've got a podcast in, but, and I don't do it enough, but they talk about that act of feeling the sand between your toes as like that's really in the moment and it's nearly a form of meditation if you're focusing on just that you know what I mean so I totally agree there's so many little things in the day that you can be really mindful of and really nice things you know feeling the sun on your skin but who's to say doing the dishes isn't nice if you're in the moment it well, just depends on the emotion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just and depends you, on the I mean, emotion you attach. Like you mentioned, that on the beach, there's more and more studies coming out about grounding, mm. having your feet touch the earth. Yeah. Not walking out here on the cement or asphalt mm-hmm. or something, but being at the beach. Your feet had the the electricity flowing through the earth. Mm. And yeah. Into you. There's a lot of things going out there. Yeah. Um, Our friend, you're very uh, lucky to be able to do that. That's mm, pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Our friend, um, Tommy Sira. He, uh, he actually is trying to go um, back to like pretty much hunt together and um, he hunts his own uh, hunts part of his own part of his own food he hunts Not, a lot of rabbit uh, yeah he hunts, hunts hunts a lot of his own meat he's just started and he actually um, sleeps on a earthing an earthing bed he's three got, rocks he's got a, no he's got uh, his, his, his mattress is earthed wow like elect, electronic I never understood what he meant by that well you know um I don't understand it either, but you know... <laughs> but I'll let me explain it to you. <laughs> yeah. Actually, we'll get Kevin to explain it. Because yeah. I'm actually, I'm actually, I actually have no idea. Talk to us no, about Tommy Kevin. Well, I can tell you what I read about, about it. But <laughs> yeah, this yeah, guy, yeah. He had a wire... You tell us what somebody else knows yeah, about exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This guy had a wire going from his feet out into the ground. Yeah. Oh, and he sure said it helped has. him tremendously. Really? Now, you How know... How do you mean that? So, what, just a... Electrical like wire. Like a copper wire oh, or copper something wire. going you know, like, from... Yeah, he was conducting the ground yes. energy into his body. Oh, shit. Yes. That's I'm not going to be the one to tell him, no, that you're full no. of crap. I mean, <laughs> yeah, do what you want, man. Weirdo. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. me up, mate, if Where'd you can. Where'd you get that wire at? Where, 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 <laughs> yeah. Where'd you get that drink at? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, what have you been smoking, bro? <laughs> yeah. What's those donuts? Yeah, sorry. Sorry. We Just for everyone's understanding, we were talking about donuts before, and apparently, apparently, they're called power rings, because, you know, I mean, they're nutritious foods. Yeah. The police are power rangers? Is that what we ascertained? Yeah. Power rangers. Kevin likes to call himself a power ranger. That's right. That's a cop thing. Yeah. <laughs> it is a cop thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh. yeah so I, I find that um, I find that really um, uh, interesting to ask people what they do to to be happier and to to live a, a fulfilled life. You know, me and Tommy are very big on self development, having routines and, and morning stuff. Really, you know, like we write a gratitude. Well, I write a gratitude journal. You have. I don't know if you do it. I don't right. anymore. I meditate with yeah. gratitude yeah, when yeah. I can. Meditating. I like to try and make sure I get in-person catch-ups with my friends at least once a week. That's what I wanted to mention also. Yeah, so what do you do? Tell us Tell us more. You know, what do you that, believe in? That support is huge. Yeah. I have this quality of life triad I developed and it starts with me on the top mm-hmm. and then you have your professional help. Doesn't mean psychologist, psychiatrist, although mm-hmm. in that group, but that anybody in a profession that helps you, my Aikido instructor, yep. um, yoga instructor, life coach, anybody like that. Mm-hmm. And on the other part of this triad is your support system huge yeah. and i personally i think why women live longer is 
they get together all the time. Yeah. They get together a lot and they're chatty Cathy and they, yeah. and it's not this dumping all the problems on each other, but they're out there and you get this connection and you know, guys, we're, we're macho and, and we can suck it up and handle it all until we shoo, it's mm. all down the tubes and you're doing horribly. But if you get a chance to go out just to be with, with some friends mm. and, um, it's, it's, I think we all need to do a little more of that. Um, I have a book out I think you know about. Mm. I'm thinking, possibly thinking, it was a lot of work, of doing another one, but called, I'm going to throw it out there, I haven't mentioned it to anybody yet, so you're the first. Oh, called, here we go, breaking news and adventure. Right? Yeah. <laughs> called, Where's Your Front Porch? Because uh, way up in Mount Shasta in Northern California, there's a little bitty town where my family grew up, my mom's side, and it's a timber town. And to live in the little town, you had to work in the timber industry. Every single home there has a front porch. And back in the day, before TVs and everything else, you would go on your front porch, and that was when you would visit. Everybody would walk around, and you'd be everybody's on their front porch and visiting. We don't see that anymore. I don't have a front porch. Mm. So where's your front porch? Mm, that's there's, so good. Yeah, I, I um, That's such a good point, isn't I it? I wrote a, a... On the plane over here, I wrote a few little blogs that I'll release just on my personal stuff or whatever over... Took a little bit of time to write. And I'm very big. It's the same concept. Is the third place. Like it might be your gym, your Aikido studio, your, um, your archery class, your painting class, whatever. It's like because we have homework and that, that's your community basically. Or, or yeah, where do you shoot the shit? You know? you and go. I feel like when you talk about with your friends, I genuinely, if I haven't seen my mates in a while, I genuinely, if I go and drink a couple of beers, talk a whole lot of just ridiculous shit, yeah, go to the movies, go do some, something dumb, whatever, yeah. and I'll come back, and the next day I'll be like, oh, you just, I genuinely feel lighter, man. can feel it. You, mm-hmm. can, you can actually feel the, the effects of like, oh, that was great to catch up with my mates. Do you know what? You know? It's like, for me, one of the best things about this podcast, apart from meeting fucking fascinating people across the world, is Power that- Rangers. Power Rangers as well, yeah. People Except love this one. People love one. donuts. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Bill, Bill and I, because we're self-proclaimed dumb individuals, but we, we, we find it fascinating to learn, you know, we try to learn, but we, we get to talk- shit you know with our guests and have a bit of fun and stuff but like this is just so real I, I look forward to these shows because it's so like it's so real you know we're having really amazing conversations with people from all over the world and this is something that's just forgotten really in this day and age because it's right. so easy just to have an easy chat to mm. someone like this you know but it's not real mm. we're losing our communication skills mm. we really are mm. and and another thing I wanted to add is for those of us who, who suffer a lot of times it's very difficult for us to get out of the house we just don't want to yeah but if we can get out of that house to go walk that dog out there and have that sun hit you like you yeah. talked about that, then, oh, all right, this is, this is really good. Mm. But it's difficult to take that first step and get out of the house mm. for many of us. So then my question is, what about the – so someone's off the bridge, someone's seeking help. Is there, is there a point where we start to have to talk about personal responsibility? Because if you, you – you, your point before was so great. You know, you're talking about your, your son, you know, I can't get to sleep. Well, I mean, just look at what you're doing, you know. People, I'm so sad. Well, I mean, you have six coffees a day, you know, you're eating sugar all the time. You don't exercise. I mean, why would you, why would you possibly be happy, you know? Why, yes. like, how, why is it so hard? I know we're creatures of habit, but why is it so hard for us to take a legitimate, honest look at ourselves and go, I mean, the reason I'm probably depressed, one of the reasons, you know, I'm not suggesting this is the only thing, but maybe one of the reasons that... I may not be adding value to my life is because I'm really not fulfilling my evolutionary needs. You know, your lifestyle. What did you do today? Mm. Yes, mm. exactly. 
you get up first thing in the morning, you eat 10 power rings. <laughs> what do you see these going to happen? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. You, you, are you, what are you doing for self-improvement? Mm. What are you doing for the community? How, you know, if you're working, are you doing any kind of pro bono work? Things mm. that, can, that are greatly mm. satisfying. Gratitude. If you went and put yourself in all these situations that, that aren't good for you as a person or your family, man, you, you got to have some responsibility for yourself too. You mm. really do. Yeah, you know, you do. people come up and they blame all sorts of people mm. for all these things. Man, you got to look on the inside too. You mm-hmm. really do. I feel, I feel like um, it, is t- it is a tough one though, like, because happiness is a habit and, and unhappiness, you know, is a habit as well. It's a habit as well. It's like the gratitude journal thing. Like I, there's a lot of things that gra- gratitude journaling is good for, but what I do it for is it's, it's like kicking a football or throwing throwing a football. Let's use the NFL for example. Aussie rules: we kick it, you guys throw it. Weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> um, throwing a football. The first time you tried to throw, throw a, a 20, ball. 20, 20 yard twenty yard pass with a with a football it would have been terrible. You know, it would have been a shit throw. You practice it and practice it and practice it. You get good at it. That's what gratitude for me is: practicing the art of happiness and and, and being grateful. But the practicing the art of being unhappy and keeping yourself at home, you get better and better at that. Oh yeah. And that's the that's the neurological pathway your brain defaults to is is negativity. Neuroplasticity so, is the brain's ability to rewire itself. Cool, man. Absolutely right. Absolutely <laughs> Make right. sure that was on camera. <laughs> you, you know what? Wow. I've had 14 power rangers. I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> What's yeah, that's, that's, yeah, I have one brilliant thing a month and usually I use it up on the first. So yeah. 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 But, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I wish I was in front of a school. <laughs> <laughs> Neuroplasticity is the... Uh, uh, <laughs> some of the square of it. No, uh, yeah. Yeah. And then it becomes that thing of responsibility, like you said, for yourself. What what can you do for yourself? Then, if and I think a really big one is who you're hanging out with. Yeah. If you're hanging out with so-called losers, Mm -hmm. man, more than likely you're going to be one too. Mm -hmm. You know, unless you've really established yourself and and good self-confidence and control where you're going in to change those other people. Mm. But if you're just going along with the program, it's going to be very difficult to dig yourself out of that. Yeah. You know, we I like to have some mentors. I believe in that, good mentors, mm-hmm. and being around positive people. I really believe that that helps tremendously. Yeah. Kev, uh, did you experience mental health issues as a direct result from patrolling? It may have something to do with that. Um, I think a lot of it is, you know, I think there's genetic part of it. My grandfather lost his life to suicide. Um, and I think there's a lot of of different things that can occur. I've had some, you know, I had cancer, testicular cancer. Mm. That'd be, uh, for for lack of, of a better term, where somebody getting on a phone call and slapping the hell out of me right through the phone, mm. I look at it as possibly like a woman losing a breast to cancer. Yeah. I mean, that's your manhood kind of thing. Yeah, right? yeah, for sure. And for decades, I never told anybody about, about this. I told them I had stomach cancer because I had a big scar here, also yeah, right. from, from the uh, lymph node taking mm-hmm. lift notes out. So that's a big hit. And that, you know, that can get you depressed like mm. that. You start mm. talking about that stuff. So a, a number of things. Um, I was a big bodybuilder, big into bodybuilding years and years and years ago. Mm. He was a flex gave just a little one. Yeah, yeah there you go. Was, <laughs> I was wondering what was yeah. behind that. Uh, there, mate. It's definitely not that. It's all plastic now. I've been yeah. long before you got here. Yeah. Fuck, but man. I, I tore a bicep and actually tore it up. So yeah. now, you know, you lose a yeah. bicep. That's your major bodybuilding. Yeah. yeah. So boom, you get depressed, you know, things like that. Mm. Um, yeah, I think um, I think going back to you know hanging out with the wrong people and and are these people that that are not doing things for themselves, self development yeah. wise? You're not you know doing things that leave you with a positive impact. You're not helping people. All these things, they're all great, but I think the biggest thing for me, it all comes back to what you said earlier, and none of it's taught in school. 
Like, how do we expect these people who are born on the wrong side of the tracks, hanging out with dickheads, taking drugs, t- t- super depressed, to go and pick up five self-help books, to p- pick up the phone and get a mentor who's positive impact on their life? Like, nobody knows, nobody thinks this way, mm. you know? And it all starts from, from being a kid. I think the biggest travesty in, in education in the Western world is you don't learn about your mind and mental health. You don't learn about proper health and nutrition. You learn about physical, edu- uh, phys- physical education and exercise and stuff a little bit, but you don't learn about nutrition. Right. Even the, the, the healthy food pyramid didn't learn about nutrition till, or that's still learning about nutrition technically. That's still going on different places. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Like these are, the, these are the things that have the biggest, you know, they're the biggest needle movers in our happiness, which I think is everything. What do you need, what do you need if you're happy? What more do you need? You don't need anything, you know? If you've mm. got everything in the world everything in the world, but you're unhappy, then you've got nothing. You Absolutely. Know? It's, a, it's the most important thing, but it's not taught. You know, If it was taught from an earlier age, then people would, people would think the way that we're talking now, the way that we think. You know? I wonder it's if it's of- this easy though. I just wonder. Like, what, I mean, we haven't, I haven't been back to school in a long time. Do, do you have an understanding of what they are teaching? I mean, this is, obviously this stuff is becoming more significant, but... You know, I think they've changed a lot of the classwork around... Um, for, for a lot of different things. My boys tell me what's going on. And, and right now, for instance, he told me, Dad, I'm having a hard time with this. He goes, my grade's still good. But he goes, we have a Spanish teacher who who quit. And now they have a lady in there teaching Spanish who doesn't even speak Spanish. Mm-hmm. Go, wait, 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 what is this about? Moy bomb? Yeah. <laughs> bonjour. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Moy bonjour. Moy bonjour. Moy bonjour. Moy so, bonjour. As adults and and corporations and school districts, we need to take responsibility. Mm. You know, we need to put more. You know, we always hear about teachers and the lack of funding for teachers, and they don't get paid enough. We need to turn this around. These mm. guys shooting a basketball, making fifteen million a year, nice and peachy. Will it turn around? Not in my lifetime, but mm. it's something to really look at because these teachers, they're you know. They're raising our kids a lot, many times more hours than we see them. Mm-hmm. So what they say directly will reflect them. I completely yeah. agree. And this, we have to remember that this stuff is all very fresh. Like the the, the way the current schooling system, from what I understand, is a you know is a twenty four year old male, but um, <laughs> from the way the current schooling system is is built, you know, fundamentally, the values are all right. You know, the schooling system is set up to help children learn and be the best they can be and for a long time we thought that okay well if we just teach them about as many different things hopefully they can come to their own conclusions about what actually works but when you have this industrial revolution and you know everyone's in capitalism everyone's set up to be cogs in wheels we're only really now discovering with just how many people are coming and being open about mental health issues that maybe that's not the right way and you know we should probably start to move back towards that tribalism effect where um the way we've evolved probably has, sets the tone for, for our own happiness, you know? <laughs> right. Mm. That, and like we talked about taking responsibility, but realizing, you know, what is going on in your life? It, in Marin County here, it's, it, well, Sonoma County, but Marin County is very affluent. And the kids, including my own, they've had everything given to them. Mm-hmm. So when we talk to them about, you know, what would you want to be when you grow up? And and my boy, he does very, very well. My oldest is very, very well at soccer. And right now, there's a, a very good college in California. It's Davis, UC Davis. Mm-hmm. And it's up there by Sacramento. It's a Division One 
very cool mm. for, for soccer. The head coach there is contacting my boy now. Wow. So he has a chance to go into this. And mm. I asked my boy about it. What do you think? Well, I don't know. What the hell? I want to slap the hell out of him. Yeah. What do you mean you don't know? That's a Division One call. Yeah. Are you kidding me? I looked it up. You are not my son. Oh, my God. <laughs> In high school, there's 440,000 kids that play soccer. One point, I think it's 1.3% go to Division One college after that. 1.3%. You could be this guy, yeah, man. He's yeah, asking yeah. you. He's talking to you. Yeah. And you want to F this up? Yeah. I kick the shit out of you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've had everything given to him. You think, well, <laughs> tough luck, Kevin. I like it. <laughs> you know, I, I, I mean, I hate to say it, but I did. I worked my ass off. I went right in the military out of high school. My father gave me a loan one time for a house. Or not everything I've done has been on my own. Mm. And, and for folks my age, I think... That's kind of the way it was. Mm, yeah, yeah. Nowadays, the kids, everything's given to them mm. so they don't feel like they have to work and that work ethic isn't, isn't there. Mm, yeah. And that's, that's, you know, that's a lot of our fault too. That's a lot of my fault is let's just get it done. I don't have time to sit there and teach all about it. Oh, let's just get it done. Mm-hmm. So I think we're losing a lot of our work ethic too. Mm. And then it becomes, you know, the point of going, well, you know, you'd be the best soccer player in the world. You'd be so I put, you know, what do you want? And this is not an example of you, but get it right, mate. <laughs> but uh, no, it's just, it's a, one of those things. I remember my sister, um, she was a freak at piano. She, all, all she used was play the piano, but she hated it the whole time. I think even Andre Agassi as well mm. comes out and talks about he hated tennis the yeah. whole time he was playing tennis. Wow. You know that? Yeah, yeah. I had a mate, uh, I had a mate who played AFL football and then he came and played, uh, came and played local football. Played AFL is the highest, like NFL, mm. uh, highest grade in Australia. And, um, and then he came and played local football and he was getting like $1,500 a game or $2,000 a game, which is crazy, like crazy to me. And all he, all he had to do was come for, Six two hours on, come for two hours on a Thursday and then um, rock up for three hours on a Saturday and have fun with his mates. And then he played one year with us. I was 16, playing the seniors, 17, sorry. And then he played with us. It was amazing. And the next year, all his mates still played at the club. And I kept saying, oh, when's, when's Spoolie coming back? Is Spoolie coming back down? And Duck, who was um, our captain at the time, he looked at me one day, he was like 26, he looked at me and goes... Kerry, the thing is, Spoolie just doesn't like football, mate. <laughs> you know, he was just like... But Duck had a really high voice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. Probably the worst joke I've ever made. We know... Um, we, we, we're, uh, we normally finish with, um, with six from six, which is a few questions from me, a few questions from Tommy Kev. But before we do, I've got uh, just like... With all your experience and everything that you've been through on the bridge and in your personal life, like... Leave us with a little little snippet mm. of wisdom. Like, what do you think we should we should be doing to be the best, happiest versions of ourselves? Really, you know, I believe we all have value. We all have purpose. Sometimes it takes a long time to find that purpose. Some people find it in their twenties. Um, there's some very famous people who haven't found it until their fifties, sixties, seventies. But keep digging, keep going. You know, we we have one life here. Mm-hmm. And we can make a difference when we think about ourselves, yes, but think about others too. What can we do to help our fellow man? And keep driving on. Mm. That's great. Not bad. Not bad, Kev. Not bad. Yeah, All right, I'm, so- I'm tingling. <laughs> In places so- where I didn't think I'd be tingling. <laughs> so so um, let's, um, let's go to six from six. So my first question is... Kev, is um, what's your favorite travel destination on the planet? Place you've been and you just love, you recommend others? Um, loved Australia. Mm, cool. Loved Australia. It's good. Mm-hmm. 
doesn't but have to be Australia. But, but it's warm there. And I, you know, I got this big nose here. That's Norwegian nose. Okay? Yeah, we right. like the cold. Yeah. <laughs> that's a nice Norwegian <laughs> nose, but that's a good little pet. Yeah, I, went, I went and spoke in Germany a couple of years ago, and that was really cool. Yeah. That, I, I like that place. Yeah. Um, is Where it did a, Munich is it, or Munich or? Um, I went to Berlin. I went to mm. my father owned a Berlin's owned a printing a company in San Francisco for almost thirty years, and he had these presses, huge presses, you know, six, ten feet long or so, and they were all Heidelbergs. Oh yeah. So I went to the town of Heidelberg. Mm. Oh, it's fascinating. Well, yeah. Absolutely beautiful, beautiful mm. place. Mm. Cool. Um, all right. So my second question is um, dream destination, somewhere that you haven't been that used absolute top of your bucket list. A few of them, actually. If I can rattle them off, please. Um, Norway, yeah, because I'm Norwegian on my the mom's nose, side. Obviously, there yes. we go. Yeah. Yes, you want to smell your own? You want to put it in its Greece? Uh, in its, in its Greece would be good. There we go. <laughs> Greece, uh, Italy. Oh yeah, yes. yeah. I, I can't imagine. I'm big into history. Yep. I can't imagine touching the Colosseum. Yeah. I mean, oh man, that, that's going to be crazy. Yeah. Mm. Awesome. You got plans to do any of those three? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Good. Absolutely. Adventure bit of going to uh, Greece in June if you want to. Uh, we got uh, nine days, Kev. If you want yeah. to hand over your uh, hand over your credit wow. card, mate, we'll be uh, there we go. right we'll now. Be off and away. <laughs> Seven hundred dollars here, mate. Yeah, transfer that into US dollars. Five hundred six US dollars, ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. See, I'll probably get you to to the airport, and I'll be about about as much as my yeah. card will cover there. <laughs> yeah, no worries, mate. We'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, my final question is: Any books that you like to recommend? Can be any sort of book that you really enjoy that you like to um, pass on to others. Of course, mine. We can't forget that. Yeah, but. absolutely. <laughs> That's a There's given. plenty of time to plug after this, this yeah. these couple of questions. You know what? Um, I don't know about self-improvement, but reading about you know others. Yeah, we, we like to, this escapism. I love my escapism, my, my sci-fi and all yep. of that. But books that will talk about uh, like your inner self, too. Mm-hmm. I, I hate to say self-improvement because it sounds rather boring. Mm. But... That or a good story with with stories that have an, an end that helps folks, mm-hmm. a good conclusion to that, mm. a moral to that story. Um, we talk about the folks in in Mississippi and and in the South. They're different because that when they talk to you, they tell you these stories that'll go on for almost an hour, but they're beautiful stories, <laughs> and they come up with fantastic endings. Whereas over here, we talk because everything's so money oriented that that. Mm. Our stories are very short, and then we got to move on to the next, and we're yeah. hitting it. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Back there, we're kicking back in a chair in Louisiana, and just good old boys and stuff. We're telling stories, and, mm. and it's, it's wow, your heart rate goes down to like one, yeah. <laughs> one beat a minute, and it's just so much fun. Oh, just you kicking know, on the banjo, delivering style, all inbreeding. We're all just going nuts. Snapping the banjo strings. Come to the back, man. I'll, yeah. I'll give you some donuts. I'll snap your banjo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that just went the next so, level. Yeah, uh, cool. I um, all right. You didn't give us one book there, by the way. Apart from yeah. his own, yeah. Apart from his own, yeah. No, but um, so that's it for me. Come here up. Coming. Coming. <laughs> I, I pull him up when he Coming? mistakes his words. Let's go, so, mate. So he's trying to get me back yeah. here. You got um, me. Nice one. That doesn't represent my political agenda in any way, by the way. Coming. Um, hey, uh, Coming, so Kev, who's someone you look up to, or someone that inspires you? Who is one of your mentors? One of your mentors. I have a guy named Ron Barr. And he owns a, a radio broadcasting company here called Sports Byline. And it's played up in the, in the airplanes and around the world and does a, a lot of stuff with the military. Mm. And he sets the example. People that set an example. Yeah, I come up and tell you a whole bunch of stuff. But unless I'm living that and setting the example, it's a load of crap. 
Right, sure. So I try to set that example for my boys. You know, um, that's that's really big with me. Mm. Is if you're going to do something, be able to live that too, to set that example. Um, and and that's what he does. And he's there anytime I call him. Hey, Ron, I got this going on. And what's nice is I may be thinking this way, but he works it out and says, "Well, have you thought of this and this and this and this?" Yeah. Oh, boy, that didn't even come into mind. Mm. People like that. That the, and if I have a, um, something, hey, Ron, what do you think about this? He's not going to go. Well, that's a very stupid idea. Mm. No, I say, well, he goes, "Wow, that's interesting." So let's talk about this for a bit and and some different ways of going about it. So, what is the example you try to set for for your children? I want them to be self-sufficient, have responsibility, and be able to give back to others. Because mm. I ask them, what did you do for somebody else today? You know, mm. and many times I get a blank stare. Yeah. Well, like we're working on that. Yeah. 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 Like yeah. Me? Uh, <laughs> no, nothing. <laughs> that was something. Uh, nothing, but do you have any money, Dad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let me help you by taking your money. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> what can you do for me today? Yeah, exactly, right? exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so what, uh, second question is, what do you like to do in your spare time? Like a little hobby or things you like to do? Mm. You saw my dog, little, little Bella. <laughs> so I wanted a big Doberman. I like different things, but yeah. like I said, I'm gone a lot. So I have this this little bitty Chihuahua that <laughs> that looks exactly like a Doberman. She's so sweet. Dogs will take stress out of you. Yeah. They really will. I think cats will too. If you have a cat, I'm sorry, but I think they will too. That's what I've heard. But, mm. but dogs are the key, man. Yeah, mm. that. Um, my girlfriend, Mary. We travel. We like to go to Vegas. You know, and contribute a bunch. I think I've paid the lighting there, the light bill there quite a number of times. <laughs> things like that. Very true. Um, and, and traveling. You know, she likes to go to Hawaii, so I don't like the heat, but I go. And it generally, it's a pretty good time. We go out. Mm. And I like to take the boys. They have a blast. Go on the beach. We went, um, I kind of like shark diving, but down in the cage with the sharks. Yeah. That was something. That's yeah, cool. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, you know. Is she like uh, first generation Japanese? No, no, uh, the ex-wife is. Oh, the ex-wife is, yes. sorry. Yes. Mary's actually half Chinese and half German. Half Chinese, half German. Yeah. yeah. Cool, cool. So can you speak any Mandarin or can you speak any German? Mandarin. And Mandarin, yeah. <laughs> <Can> you, <laughs> I think I have some like, by the oranges there. Can okay. you speak, uh, That's made out for the day. Oranges, right? Yeah. Can, you speak, can you speak any banana? <laughs> <laughs> I went to Hong Kong many, many years ago and I was watching this show and this guy was talking about how to, <laughs> how to get around. Yeah. And he goes, if you want to ask somebody how... How much money is it? So it sticks in my head. He goes, here's a gate. Okay. Remember gate. Remember door. Gate. Door. Okay. And then he does this. This old time Chinese guy. He goes, chin. Chin. <laughs> He's rubbing his chin. He goes, gate to chin. How much money? Okay. Oh, that's <laughs> <got> it. right. Wait to banana. That's great. Um, and then finally, mate, this is, a, this is a bit of a tough question, so I can give you a bit of time with it. But... Um, if there were three people that you could have to a dinner just to talk with and just learn, you know, um, who would they be and why? Three people dead or alive, who would you um, who would you prepare a meal for? I think I would like to have just the run-of-the-mill folks, somebody from ancient Rome. Love to hear about how the days were then. Somebody from the Civil War. Mm. In, the, in the American Civil War, I think mm. it would be pretty cool. Which side, mate? North or South? That's a tough one. Yeah, it's a tough one. <laughs> yeah. And I don't condone slavery, but... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, they're different views, and that's a good question there. That is tough. 
Yeah. I probably have to go to with just the union so I don't get my house burned yeah. up. Or something, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that and Lucky, we were going to burn your house down. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to convert some banana we'll, and we'll, yeah. we'll burn your house. You know, probably one of our founding fathers mm. for the United States, Thomas Jefferson or, yeah. or George Washington, something like that. It just to the thinking back then. And, you know, a lot of times I think what, what we have today in the United States. I think they'd be a little embarrassed about where mm. some of the ways we we've become. Mm. Mm. The 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 interesting one is it's such a cliche to say how important freedom of speech is, but it's, it's so important, you know, for for everyone to have that ma- mature understanding that you know you can say whatever you want within reason. You can say whatever you want, and it's okay for you to express your opinion. I'm allowed to disagree with your opinion, but you should be able to say your opinion. It's just, yeah, it's. Uh, you like that one, mate. I love it. I love it. But it's just so important. You know, it's a podcaster as well. You know, say whatever you want. It is, but it's you know, do it intelligently too. Yeah, um, of course. Of course. People yeah. come up and you start on a topic and all of a sudden it just goes way off beat and now yeah. somebody's swearing and they're there. And ironically, you know, mate, you're on Adventure Radio right now. So, <laughs> yeah. We don't but want the, that adventure. Yeah. I, my, uh, this stuff's, you know, these, this stuff costs a lot of money. Yeah, 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 exactly. I'm flying around like a bar fight. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's great, Kev. Well, mate, um, Finally, where can people find you? Um, anything you want to plug? Mention your book before. Yeah, the book is called Guardian of the Golden Gate, uh, The Bridge Between Hope and Despair. And I have a couple of programs in there. One is, like I talked about before, my, my quality of life triad. And another one is, um, we, we talked a lot about suicide here and how to talk to folks. I have a program in there. It's called My Release Model. R-E-L-E-A-S-E. It's recognize, engage, listen, empathy, accept support and encourage how do you talk to someone who may be going into crisis maybe having a crisis where do we do it what do we say what do we don't say so it's very important to me when i go out around like i said i've been out of country speaking in different places to not just come up and tell them the kevin briggs story who cares but to leave people with with tools that they can take Mm -hmm. so that's big with me um i have my own business it's called pivotal points you know, you can reach me at, at www.pivotal-points.com. So, yeah, that's what I do now is, is I, I write and I travel and I present. I talk to, to folks. Um, I teach law enforcement, active listening skills, negotiations. You know, I retired early from the California Highway Patrol at just age 50. Took him out and do this. Never had a business or anything, done anything like this. It was a, a risk and a chance. Mm. It's been absolutely wonderful been a hell of a lot of work I tell folks yeah. I haven't worked this hard since I was in the infantry in the army yeah. when I was a kid sure but it's it's been we're gonna, I mean this, how do we get this right here mm. because of that so mm. I've been blessed uh, very lucky um, and very humbled by mm. all of this I awesome. think the um, really big one is that release model I think that's really important for people that want to take that next step now I think you know there's a really good amount of awareness that has been raised to that has been raised about mental health, but um, that next step and actually having the some degree of ability to, to be able to talk to someone who's struggling, you know, and su- suicide and, you know, that's the end, that's the the worst stages. But right. like you said before, even at the very start when they may be a bit lower, you know, um, just being able to, to do that. So, yeah, we'll, we'll make sure that we um, well, get that, that one of the show notes. And, and I tell folks, you know, maybe they're not in crisis. Maybe they're just having some tough time. They got a test going on or a new work, you know, job at work or whatever, all these things going on. You know, most of the time people aren't suicidal. Then we're going through some, but let's find out. And will they get mad at you? 
we're saying, you know what? Hey, brother, can we sit down? And we're sitting down at home. And, you know, I've noticed this, 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 and this. Like, I just want to let you know that I care. And I, well, everything's fine. Why do you have to bug me about that? Cause, mm. Oh, well, that's but, right. <laughs> they'll go home and think about it and go, wow, okay. But at least that person's there for me. Yeah, yeah that's and, right. And you will later on, you know, more mm. conducive, the be better yeah, friendship. Put the yeah, yeah. no. Oh, cool. Well, um, thanks so much for ca- uh, coming on the show, Kevin, and allowing us in your house. Yeah, and uh, looking great. forward to one of those power rings on the way out. There sure. you go. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, guys. This has been absolutely wonderful. Great. Uh, great. Yeah, we've loved it too, man. Awesome. Really have. Awesome. Mm. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Mm. And uh, that's a wrap. Alrighty, guys. If you enjoyed that show, which I know you did because it was bloody great, then make sure you subscribe. So you can subscribe on Stitcher, iTunes, or whatever you're listening to this show on. Also, if you want to watch us instead of just listen to us, you can go to YouTube and subscribe to Adventure Travel's YouTube channel. Um, So make sure you do that. The show notes can be found at adventurefittravel.com forward slash radio. Don't forget to check out trueprotein.com.au. That's trueprotein.com.au. Use the code ADVF. You'll get 10% off any and all of their epic range. And remember, head to Adventure Travel's Facebook page. There'll be a pinned post at the top. Enter our comp and you'll have the chance to win two holidays, all expenses paid, flights and everything to Mexico, Hawaii or Iceland. That will never happen again. We'll we'll never give away two trips like this, I don't think, again. This is the biggest competition we've ever had. We've partnered with True to do so. So make sure you don't miss out. Get in and get in the comp. Also, last but not least, head to adventurewithtravel.com. See what we've got coming up. Use the code radio for 10% off. Peace.